Hey guys, welcome. It's the Stadium Journey Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We're going to jump right into things today because we're really excited and uh, we have a guest tonight who does not have a lot of power left on their computer. So we're going to get started. We're going to jump right in here. So we've been doing this podcast now. Dave just told me it's our seventh season. It's our seventh season opener. We've had guests from all over the sporting world. We've had stadium travelers, team executives, coaches, players, broadcasters, authors, and more. But we have never had a, an Olympic gold medalist on the show until today. So please join me in welcoming tonight's guest, Isabel Cup champion executive and gold medalist from the 1998 USA Olympic women's hockey team, Colleen Coyne. Colleen, thanks for joining Thank us you. tonight. Thank you, Paul. It's good to see you. It's nice chatting with Dave for a little bit. Mark, Dan, nice to see you, gentlemen. How's it going? I uh, appreciate the uh, appreciate the invitation. So uh, we're going to get right to the point, I guess, right? We're going to... Colleen, you and I know each other from working with the Bo- with the Boston Pride for years and years. And uh, Dan, do you want to just take over the questioning? Because I know you are chomping at the bit here. Oh, great. The good, go, go to the shy one. Yeah, the shy one. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, yeah, I could tell. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, Long story. Um, where, should we, where should we start? Well, no, I got it. Uh, I remember where I was in 1998. Um, I, I was in Poconos with my... Uh, my aunt, my mother, and my grandmother, and it was always when the uh, Winter Olympics was on. And I remember, I remember verbatim every moment of that, and you know, putting that flag right in that bandwagon, getting <laughs> and riding it all the way to the end. And I, it just, I, when did it sink in? I've been wanting to ask this. When did it sink in that? Oh, huh. I'm gonna I'm gonna win gold. I've won gold. How did when did how did that happen? Yeah. I mean, I, I in a way right away, and in a way maybe it still hasn't. I don't know. Like, uh, you know, we were uh, the history of you know our teams, uh, Canada and the U.S. at that point. So my first national team was 1992, and um, and so I had played in three world championships before that, uh, to which we took silver each time. Um, so, you know, it was always sort of heated competition, but the result was historically always the same. And before me, obviously the 1990 worlds was, uh, the first and that was sort of same result, Canada gold, U S silver. So, um, so, you know, going over there, we, we had played each other a lot. Um, we had, uh, 13 times, I think. And, um, I think the, I think we had the edge at that point, seven to six. I can't remember if they had seven, we had six time. I'd have to go back and look, but I was very, very close. So we knew that we could, you know, we, we knew that we could compete uh, for sure. And, uh, but again, sort of under the pressure of a a big championship game, we'd not really uh, executed yet. So, so, um, you know, we felt really good. I do remember sort of pre-game the, the locker room and just, um, there was definitely a lightness to it. Like we weren't for whatever reason, there wasn't a lot of tension. We weren't really too like over amped. Um, it was pretty light and uh, you know, we were, we were smiling and, and joking around and stuff um, going out there. So I think that, you know, that, that probably said a lot for how we were feeling. Um, and then obviously it was a great game. You know, it, uh, it ended up <laughs> super close. We made it interesting getting a penalty penalty there right at the end. I had a penalty in that game uh, earlier. Um, but, you know, when, when Sandra White uh, hit that empty net to, to make it three to one, it was just, uh, you know, it was, we kind of knew at that point that 
it was locked, right? There were like eight seconds left. <laughs> uh, I kind of, I, I, I don't want mean to jump back and forth, but um, since we're talking about professional women's hockey and uh, sure. the future and the past and the present, um, was there any talks of getting, and because that's a, 98 was a, I remember, I have fond memories of hockey in general in the late 90s. Um, the the amount of kids that were signing up, uh, mostly it was boys where I was playing, unfortunately. I didn't pick it. Um, sure. But the, the popularity was huge. Was there any talks after that win and how big and big of a moment it was of getting a women's league going then, in the States at least? Um, I don't remember that. I think that the thing that we really looked for and that that happened was that the college, like there were more college teams, more D1 teams that were popping up to make that college scene a lot more competitive. Um, so when we went over to Nagano, Wisconsin didn't have a team. Minnesota didn't have a team. Duluth didn't have a team. Ohio State definitely didn't have a team. Like, you know, all these really schools wild. that um, have huge, like hugely successful programs now. That they did, they just didn't exist. I know, and it's hard to believe, right, Paul? Yeah. Like, it's like, how could those those schools not have women's programs when, you know, all the Ivies had programs at that time? And then, really, um, if you weren't an Ivy League school, it was UNH, Northeastern Providence. Um, you know, that were the real top competitive schools at that time. So, so I think that you know, with the with the win, with the buzz, um, we saw a, a big big um explosion in in registrations at least in the u.s um for uh girls uh youth and then you could just see it you could just see it grow from there so nice. i think you know talk of a pro league it, i don't remember there being any discussion about that at that time but we certainly were excited and and hoping to see more colleges and as you know like there's a ton of them now which is great okay awesome i um oh go ahead dave uh yeah, just quick follow up. So what what was the the college experience for you like then and how did that translate into being on the Olympic team or like was it a direct uh, like a direct route uh yeah. like recruited out of college or hey there's an Olympic team or how did that yeah, all good, process work? Good question. So so for me um and and basically anyone that's you know my my age um the, the timing for everything was was pretty critical, right? It was just perfect. So when I went into uh, uh, UNH in the fall of 89, like at that point, like the world championships were the first IAHF world championship was slated for 1990. So it was like, you know, that I was shooting for that, right? I wanted to go, I wanted to go play in that. I tried out, and, and at that time, they were just kind of running open tryouts, right? They'd have regional tryouts where you could go because there was really no, defined player pool at that time um everyone just kind of you know sort of open tryouts and then they they'd uh sift people out from there so um so for me sorry <laughs> no what's going on but uh, i got a little distracted there um so for me um the i tried out for that 1990 team and didn't make it but i had i still had four full years of college um, to to train and compete and get ready. So I went back, obviously tried out again for the 1992 team, made that, and then um, and then from there, every year you obviously have to you know keep fighting for your spot. So 
So while I, I, you weren't really recruited out of college, like that timing was perfect. And I think it was like midway through that we learned that, you know, the sport was going to be included in the 98 Olympics. So it just gave you, you know, yeah. one more carrot to chase um, and to stay in the game. Because prior to that, that was the end of the road, right? right. It was like uh, you finish your college career and, and that was it. I didn't realize till just this moment that 98 was the first women's Olympic tournament. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, exactly, yep. The things we take for granted in 20 short years, right? <laughs> I try not to, um, I don't want to make it an agenda episode, but there, I have so many curiosity questions. And one of the things that popped up yesterday while I was putting together uh, a collage to <laughs> make a thumbnail uh, was I, I saw your picture with Bobby Orr. Um, what was the acceptance like after that win uh, as far as present and former uh, NHL players? You know, honestly, even leading up to I mean, all the players were different as they are right now, right? You, there's sure. going to be players that um, are super supportive and vocal about it and they'll wear the sweatshirts and they'll wear the jerseys and they'll like be really open about their support for it. And there's others that, you know, that you just don't know, like, you know, how, the, how they're feeling. And I think that in my, in my experience, um, you know, I was, I was pretty lucky. And, and this is a funny story. And I don't even know if Don, Don will remember this. Like um, I, I brought it up to him once here, but Don, Don Sweeney, when I was younger, like he was a guy that I was a defenseman an undersized kind of smaller size defense. Don was, you know, smaller size D. And, um, and so when I was really young, and I think it might have been maybe right after I got cut from that, like, 1990 team. Someone must have got his ear somehow. But I got a note from him that was just sort of, like, encouraging, like, hey, you know, hang in there, like, you know. And, and it was just really nice. And um, and so, you know, there's guys like him, right, that kind of go out of their way and and actually, you know, encourage and, and support it um, outwardly. Um, and then uh, but after the Olympics, um, you know, I did a lot, uh, a lot of events with Ray Bork. Um, and obviously fantastic that whole group of alumni actually um that i i did a lot of stuff with was great um you know bobby Orr probably doesn't remember meeting me that day but i certainly remember meeting him um and again just uh such a gentleman so uh not sure if that answers your question but uh, that, you know. there, there used to be a sign when you'd go into colleen's hometown that said a uh, home of colleen coin usa olympic gold medalist it's still there ask myself is it <laughs> it's still there that, that, uh, that was also 98 was also the first nhl that's Olympics. right yep so that's right. there was I, I think you had a lot more opportunity for you know confab in the olympic village or or you know meetings or, or whatever yep absolutely was that the one yeah, where that was the, interesting uh, nhl players trashed the hotel Yes, I, that was the year I, I didn't <laughs> witness it, but um, but it was fun, like having those guys kind of, you know, around the village. And I have to say, like, you know, like the, the the Canadian men's team in particular were very and they did everything. They did the parade. They were hanging out in the, in the village. They went to all the women's games. Um, they were very visible. And I thought that was really, really cool. Um, you know, I think they wanted to take it in as much as any other athlete that was there and then it all went to hell when they didn't let gretzky do the shootout <laughs> yeah well, well you know it's still, 
still, if you bring up the 98 Olympic team up here, somebody is going to say, why didn't Gretzky get to be one of the shootout guys? I was excited when they picked Bork, but then, you know, he didn't have a good attempt. And they're like, oh, yeah, Gretzky's sitting there. For years, he? Don Cherry was so mad that they took Bork instead of Gretzky. And it, he was like, wait, wait, why? Because he could hit targets in a stupid all-star shootout thing. Oh, oh my Don God. Don Cherry was mad about something for a couple of years. Oh. No. No. Don't get um, me started. People. But it was in Canada. Usually he's just married mad at the American teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Americans were horrible, They're terrible up there, if I remember. He was the man, yeah, the men struggled a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it still me? Am I still going? It could Dan, it could be you all night tonight. <laughs> it, 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 it could be I, all you. I, it can, but you know, I don't want to hog the well, yeah. You know, you got it, Paul. No, I, it's different so, than other nights. I, I could just call Colleen anytime. So, <laughs> how dare you? How dare you Mark? It's pork roll. Um, why, <laughs> why did it take so long to get a league going? Uh, with the WNBA being around as long as it was, why, why did hockey wait? Well, you know, I don't know if they waited. Like, you know, I think think about this a lot, right? There's different ways to go about starting anything, right? So let's just call it a company because that's kind of, you know, what it's a startup or whatever. And there's the there's the bootstrap way, which is, you know, usually harder, but less risky. And then there's the investment way, getting, you know, taking money in from wherever you can get it, really. And so I think that the WNBA did a good job, you know, convincing the NBA to support you know what they were doing and you know here i think we're in the what 25th or 26th year right and so that was that was the way they went about it and to be honest i don't want to i can't talk to it too much because i i while i you know tune in when i can i you know i haven't really paid much attention to that that journey of of, of the uh WNBA and you know what the ups and downs were i know they take a lot of flack but they're women, they're female athletes so they're going to take a lot of flack online i always dismiss like anything so, um, but here they are and, you know, and they're really starting to, um, I don't know if they're starting to, but I'm starting to pay closer attention. So um, that must mean something like there, you know, there's just a lot more media attention, uh, things like that. So, um, you know, we didn't have that for whatever reason, you know, um, with the NHL, like whether, you know, someone didn't go to the NHL, the NHL wasn't, I think, I think at one point, like Brian, that someone asked Brian Burke about that and he was like, you know, he just, I don't think they like the model. However, it was working out with the WNBA and the NBA, the NHL didn't didn't like that model for for them. So that wasn't an option to start it that way. And so you know you had uh, folks up there in Canada start the CWHL. You had Danny Ryland down here starting the NWHL, and it was more of a yeah they got some investment, but for lack of a better term, it was more of a bootstrap like you know uh effort and i think that just takes longer right like um everything to become profitable probably takes about the same amount of time but when you bootstrap you know you're going up like this and, or i'm sorry you're, you start when you when you when you take investment money you start up in the red and you try to work your way up in the black and you know when you bootstrap you're just and ultimately it probably takes like seven to ten years to like you know get it to where it needs to be and so, you know, with the with with the NWHL and PHF, I think we took that more sort of entrepreneurial, like bootstrap, like mentality, and, versus what WNBA did and what 
you know the the PWHL is doing now. No, I was, I was gonna add, I was gonna throw a softball out there for this one. When did your when did you become involved fully in the NWHL? Because uh, I was not aware until Paul mentioned you years ago. Like hey, Colleen, I was like, I, okay, wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was unfortunately not long ago. Uh, you know, I I, uh, I got the call. Uh, well, Haley Moore, who was the president of the Boston Pride, took um, a job with the AHL and so vacated that position. Um, and that was in the, uh, so what do we have? We were at 23, 22. So at the end of the 21 season, I think. Um, and so uh, it was it was a COVID. It was a COVID Yeah, it was year. COVID year. Yeah. Ah. Um, yeah. And so she took, and so, yeah, so, uh, you know, I think it was, it was probably Digit Murphy that um, kind of put the bug in the ear of the, the, got the group that had just bought the Boston team uh, to talk to me. And I had a couple of conversations with them and like, Miles Arnon in, per, in particular. And, um, you know, we had great conversations. And so I had two, uh, two great seasons there. I wish there were more. I ran into Haley not too long ago. It was funny. She walked past me. And then one of those things, she walked a few feet past me and it stopped and turned around. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I saw her at the, um, the USA Hockey Hall of Fame induction, uh, you know, just before Christmas. One, one of the things I, I think, and I hear this a lot where there's been criticism of the NHL and they, they haven't, they haven't uh, invested or promoted women's hockey like the NBA has. I don't think you can underestimate the fact that the WNBA never competed against the NBA. They weren't playing at the same time. Yeah. The NBA could look at it as a promotion. We could, we could promote our own product through this other product, right? Like all of the, all the original teams, they were, you know, like the, the, the sparks were, like the Lakers, like they had the same colors. They had the same, you know, sort of fonts. They had, there was this cross promotion thing. Whereas hockey, you like, you couldn't play hockey in the summer like that. Like it just wouldn't fly. Right. And, and I think, I think that people often underestimate that fact that, you know, Hey, we could, we could promote this the other side. And then the financials are just totally different because the women basketball players would go play overseas. They're making their big bucks overseas right? during the winter. Right. right now, is that still going? Still happening today? I after the the whole after Brittany Griner, Brittany Griner in, in Russia thing. I mean, you know, maybe not. But don't bring weed into Russia. I think it was an easier model to sort of put together for basketball than it than it has been for hockey. Yeah, totally. The financials are different. Like there's what, 11 players versus, you know, 23 players like ice is ridiculously expensive and hard to hard to come by. So, yeah, I imagine, you know, I haven't seen that, obviously, the finances, but just knowing what I know, like, I think it's, you know, it's totally different. And I do think that, you know, they, they there were some good from what I hear. And again, I wasn't I was never a first person party to to any of this. Um but, you know, conversations that the league had with the NHL, um, they they were good, but there definitely was, um, they were waiting for everyone to be in one place. And we, mm-hmm. we did have that, we did have that divide. Um, and, you know, uh, we, I know that from, you know, my perspective there, we were trying 
really hard to build, you know, um, to build something that met what we, what I understood anyway, you know, for the requirements um, for the, the players that were kind of holding out. Um, but, you know, not being part of those conversations um, in person, like, I don't know, you know, it's all kind of like, you know, are we building what they want? Are they, you know, I don't know. Like, so, you know, clearly um, they, they just had a different, a different idea of how to go about building it. Yeah. And I think after the, uh, the schism in like the second or third year of the NWHL, I just think that both sides, they were, we were not going to get everybody on the same page until something yeah, like, I mean, I think, uh-oh, something we like Touchdown! Uh, yeah i think uh yeah for those people just following along apparently there's some football game happening at the time (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah so you know it was a it's a difficult situation um but i think now you obviously you see like you know even just watching the different social media handles even the league handle from the nhl um you know there's a lot more activity from them uh, promoting we as Paul as you know had a had a great relationship with the Bruins they always were were helpful um you know when but, we were trying but to I think we were the things. exception maybe yeah it's not, yeah maybe but you know I still never took it for granted I thought they were you know they were fantastic um and so uh you know they continue to be so for it seems like uh for this this new uh Boston team and um, but generally, you know, when you just see from the home office, the NHL, like uh, social um, accounts, you'll see them promoting and stuff like that, which is stuff we didn't see in the past. Was the how huh. if you don't if you can't answer this question, totally understand um, <laughs> how how um, how long was that writing on the wall? Was it is it something you guys saw coming, which was the shutdown? the basic cutting off of the league and the startup of the PWHL, or was it something you saw coming? No, no. I, I, I'd be shocked if you like talk to anyone who saw it coming. I mean, it was, uh, it was Ugh. a shock. It was a shock. That makes me so sad. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad to hear that answer coming. Cause I keep thinking back to the last time we saw each other after uh, Minnesota knocked us out after those after those two sold out games at Bentley Arena with crowds of over two thousand people. Right, um, right, right. Just looking back, and and this is just maybe just me circling in my head, just thinking like she she knew it was done, just the way yeah. our conversation went. Like she she had to know. And I've told Pam that she had to have known. And Pam's like, you know what? I think you're right. But I'm glad to hear no. that that it was other. No, I, in fact, like I even like. I was so like obviously so disappointed after like we had such a fantastic oh, season, um, and then that to have that event with those games and those crowds and I was just like you know we're we're building like we're this is like such a great sign of what of the future because as as much as I like we love playing at Warrior like it, it was becoming in my mind it was becoming clear like we needed to find a bigger it was too small it was seven hundred people we needed yeah. to find a bigger a, a, a bigger arena and. Um, and so that's sort of like I remember like sort of loading out after that second loss and like packing up all the apparel and like, you know, and, and by the time I left, I was like the last person in the building, aside from, you know, the people cleaning it up and just kind of staring out over the ice going like. This sucks, but that was awesome. <laughs> um, 
but it, you know, and just really hopeful. Although in my brain, I was like, I got to get to work and try and figure out where we can play. Um, oh, wow. Needless to say, that didn't last long. <laughs> oh. So um, how did, yeah, how did you feel? Uh, there's been lots of, lots of press about the opening week of the, uh, P PWHL. Yep. All these letters are confusing me, man. I know. I know. <laughs> um, lots of press. Uh, I think, I think it's fair to say there, there still needs to be a little bit of wait and see to see if it's, it's really gonna, really gonna run. Uh, yeah. how, did, how did you feel about this, this past week? You know, it was, um, it was, it was exciting. Like, you know, there's obviously a lot of emotion attached to it. So it's like, uh, Paul, I think I saw a tweet from you that was just like, you know, forgive me if I'm a little bit crusty. Um, but cause there's a lot of emotion attached to it. Right. Um, Paul's been calling out people left, right, and center. It's been awesome. Good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> calling well, right. out Billy so Jean King, taking her so down. Hey, I just, I'm just sick of people saying this is the first professional women's league ever. It's like, no, don't oh, forget hey. who did all the hard work to get you where you are now. The CWHL, even before them. Yeah. Wait a minute. I that I'm so glad you were tweeting that real quick. I'm sorry. That was hard. It was pissing me the hell off so much because I I was watching every single game and every time I heard that I was like, I gonna t- don't angry t- don't tweet it don't tweet it. And then that <laughs> last and that last game I finally t- I finally tagged him I'm like. And I didn't curse. What gives? Why? <laughs> Nobody's answering me. Yeah. I did hear a reference later, and uh, Ryan Burgess, who used to work, I was just going to mention Ryan. Yeah, confirmed it. Um, they did finally throw a reference into the Buttes and the and the uh, PHF. But I was like, you guys, five games. You just, er- I, I, I'm sorry. I'm going to say it like this: You just erased. Was it seven years? Six, seven years. Of the league was eight years. Yeah, we were gonna. It was going into the ninth year. Yeah, that I loved. That I loved. In fact, I was there on the Twitch broadcasts, watching that yeah. community grow. I was watching it when it was finally on ESPN. I, I was just watching this grow, and then, as from the fan, from my perspective, you see the the jersey behind me. I yeah. have been dying. You got these guys will tell you. I've been begging. And I don't believe in the higher deity, but I have been begging <laughs> for a women's orange and black team the worst way. And, and the, on a on a per- personal level, this just resets that timer. But I just want it in the worst way. And to see it kind of discarded, no footage, no mention, nothing. It was driving me crazy. Yeah. I don't know about for you, Colleen, but for me, that was the hardest part of the the transition. Is that the the PHF had had uh, teams in place, they had staff in place, they had systems, marketing system, they had brands, and it just seems like the league was purchased to just toss it away. Yeah, they, they took nothing that was already there and established. Yeah, well, it it was hard. It was hard. Go ahead, Mark. I, I thought I'd chime in. Yeah, I was. Uh, I've been reading about that. Uh, number one, the previous team logos was that something that the PWHL could take, or would they have to buy it or purchase it? My understanding, and again, like obviously not being involved, but my understanding is that they bought like the rights to everything. Okay. <clears throat> so it was part of the okay, part of the then, deal. What? And then you know, I know there's some names out there 
uh, we saw a list of like these will be the names of the teams. Yeah. But they, they took that back really. They walked that back really yeah. quick. They walked that back. But, yeah, but, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, but, I, I'll but, be surprised if well, at least the Boston one. That. The Boston Wicked. No, I, yeah, I'll Boston. have to root for a different team. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I would love to see a logo with a witch for a women's team. That'd be awesome. I mean, yeah, that's Salem, know. though. That's not Boston. Yeah, I know there there was a uh, Costa Rican soccer team at one time called the Witches. Oh yeah, which I thought well, they had a really great logo. But you know, somebody else told me that uh, getting these logos and creating a brand was was going to be difficult. So they said, you know what? Let's just go with something simple and plan ahead. Does that make mm. sense? Do you believe that is the case? Yeah, I, well, I do. I mean, I think they thought they were onto something, and and as <laughs> soon as. Um... I think it was was it Ian that that sort of called out the the um, trademark application for those names. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. And you know, and then they, it it it, it just kind of got killed. Um, and and as Paul said, kind of walked it back real quick. Okay. And I think at that moment they realized like they have to they have to be more careful about it, more thoughtful about it. Plus, they were. I mean, there definitely was already resistance because there were some great. There were some great brands, you know, in place already. And so it's like, oh, you know, basically in Boston, you'll be compared to the pride, right? That's your, that's no matter what they come up with, um, that'll be the first thing, you know, that people see is like, oh, well, how does this compare to the pride? I'm going to shock the world right now. I did not like the, the nickname, the pride. Oh, really? It was too confusing because there was already the Boston pride. Oh, the pride, you mean like the, the, I always call it like lions and rainbow or lions and yeah. rainbows. There was the rainbow pride. <laughs> there was always the rainbow pride. There was yeah, always we the rainbow pride. pride and then I mean, like I love the logo and I still wear pride stuff to all the Bruins games I go to to this day. And everybody's always yeah. like, pride, oh, pride, yes. Yeah. I was at a game in Los Angeles one time with a pride jersey on and somebody knew what it was. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. What? what you, yeah. Why guys, would you want to stretch out that marketing? Nobody knows what it is. What do you guys think the odds are <laughs> yeah. that after this sort of inaugural season, that maybe they go back and and pull out some of these trademarks that they own? Like if they if they do a little market research and they go, well, hey, you know, the Boston Pride is not too bad. The Toronto Six is a pretty good. Maybe we'll go with that. What, the Whitecaps existed for 20 years before they joined the NWA show. What, they, ha- they had a 20-year or more uh, identity. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, um, identity with the Whitecaps and this, well, we're just Minnesota. <laughs> well, that might be different, you know, because of that, Dan. I wonder if, if the people who started the Whitecaps gave oh. up that, like, they may not have. They may still, they're still, because there's mm. already the junior white caps. Like, there's, it's so bizarre, you know? It's like, oh, what happens that... to the junior white caps? So, um, I don't know. You know, again, you know, I never, I didn't see any of it. So, if if all six teams' rights or, you know, properties weren't sold, or seven, sorry, um, that would be the one that I would wonder about because they did have a, a big, long history way before right. joining the league. I. It's a good question, just... though, Dave. I just don't see why they could. I think it was a perfect. I mean, this is probably why I'm not in marketing. I thought it was a perfect uh, transition period. Okay, this league's gone. This one's starting up. 
I don't know about you, and I mean this sarcastically with the folks in the room that are watching. I see yeah. plenty of uh, familiar names on all the teams. Yeah. <laughs> um, that you would keep that kind of identity, and if you want to change it later, sure. But yeah, is that transition because it went from the the way in my head I remember it was league is bought, it is gone, uh, and we have no identity. <laughs> and I'm sure it was a longer period of time, but. It just, it was kind of a slap in the face about it. And I was so, ex I, you know, I'm going to support it until I, until it's not supportive. But I, you know how I judge things is uh, my wife because. Uh, <laughs> Colleen, <Smart she>, <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Thank you. Uh, but also Colleen, the woman has forgotten more about hockey than the four of us, uh, the three of us. Yeah. The four of us on the show will ever know like the thing she pulls out of thin air hmm. i can ask her a date and time and she can give me a defunct or active team paul will back that up that's um, amazing i will i will i asked her hey what do you think of these and she went oh <laughs> like, <laughs> right <laughs> i don't i don't get yeah. it like uh, i was well, so disappointed but well, Dan. but oh. but watching the games seeing a little more hitting and uh, the games have not been lacking. And if anybody yeah. can't see that and go past the set, the gender thing, uh, it's hockey, baby. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. I want to. I want to see who gets in the first fight in the new league. Um, but Dan, that I was at the good. opening. I was at the opening game for for Boston. You wouldn't believe. Well, first of all, when I walked in, all I could see were pride jerseys everywhere. Good. It was that's awesome. awesome. But then halfway through the game, I looked around and everybody was wearing the green jersey, the green generic Boston jersey. I couldn't believe how many jerseys flew off the shelves that night. It was incredible. oh oh, so they were selling them at the game. That's awesome. They were the only that, piece yeah, of Boston, great. the only piece of Boston uh, merchandise they had were the jerseys and, and a puck. Great, of course, though. I got a puck, but um, nice. but yeah, um, they were going for like one twenty five for youth and one fifty for adult and people. That's it. Snatching them, snatching them up. Right. It was incredible on the opening night. I couldn't believe how many. No, they were that's selling. great. Because I'm like, I'm not buying one until the team's got a name. Yeah, yeah. The collector's I, item. Th it will but, be ultimately, right? Sure, yeah. One hundred and fifty. You could have yeah. probably had a, a a youth team supplier make those for for fifty bucks a jersey or whatever. No, no, we need it to look good. The stitching looks amazing. I mean, make make your beer league comment, Dave. <laughs> no, I I um I am so ready for this. Uh, are you going to be? Are you open to be? Colleen involved uh, more hands-on like you were with the pride. Are you going to be, is that something? That yeah. So, so it's nothing that's in the, there's nothing. I'm not having any conversations at the moment. I had one early on uh, uh, with uh, the team that was sort of doing the staffing for them. Um, but I haven't had any subsequent conversations. Um, so I don't know. I mean, look, I, I love the sport. I want it to grow. I have some experience in the play in the space. Um, so, you know, if there, I'd certainly love to have different conversations throughout whatever, you know, the next, obviously they're going to learn a lot the next three or four months. Um, and so, yeah, so, you know, they, they, uh, they know where to find me. I, I keep, I keep an eye out to see how they're, how that, you know, how they're building their teams. What's uh, you know, what, what they're hiring for. Um, 
but yeah, you know, I guess it's sort of uh wait and see. I certainly, I certainly am not against it like that. Yeah. You know, I have no, I have no, you know, animosity in, in that sense. Um, so yeah, so we'll see. I just thought, not that I'm not going to support that. I'm not watching every game that I can in the first place. However, Paul, take this ride with me. I found a way that they could turn it all around, turn it all around. Um, Keep the same championship cup. Oh, oh, I had a dream the other night that this is a funny one. So that's why I'm sharing it. Um, that I, I had the Isabel cup at my house when the league was bought. And so I had to hide it because they were coming <laughs> to get it. And it was my responsibility to make sure that the Isabel cup wasn't stolen by the <laughs> PWHL. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah. I hate, I hate that's pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. That's again, yeah. I guess we don't know at this point even what they're what they are playing for in terms of the, the trophy. So um, doesn't this beg the Tim question Hortons. that where actually is the cup? That's what. That's what it, I think. There's one of two things. Somebody's got it under lock and key at their house, or it's in a vault somewhere, like at the end of Indiana Jones. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's where it is. <laughs> yeah, I don't Asco know. Cup in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's where uh, it should be. That's where it just yeah. end up at the Hall of Fame, and yeah. Move on with the new league and the new cup. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, you got to lift something when you win, right? Yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> you lift your teammates. Just There you go. I can see this league within a year or two playing in all NHL arenas, though. Seriously. I think that's their ultimate goal. And uh, That is, if, yeah. Well, well, like Dave said, we got to wait and see. I mean, it's great that they're having crowds of 8,000, 10,000. Can they sustain? If so, I can see them moving into bigger buildings. Yeah. Yeah. If they can, that's the whole thing, right? Is like, like, kind of cautiously optimistic, right? Like, um, it, it's the difference kind of going back to that, you know, bootstrap versus, uh, you know, get mm -hmm. BC, if you will. Um, you know, when you have that type of money up front, you know, they, they've done great. Like, the broadcasts have been great, they've been easy to watch, easy to find. Um, obviously, you know, the buildings that they're playing in have been, have been fantastic. And I know, I know that's not cheap. Um, so, you know, they're definitely putting a lot of money into getting it off the ground and then, yeah, you just have to, and as we all know here, like, you know, the, the product, the on ice product is, is great. Um, so yeah, you just have to make sure you can continue to capture, you know, that audience and, and that commitment and get people to actually show up at the buildings um, and show up at the game. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see if, if they can do that. I mean, they're, like I said, they're certainly putting the time and the, the money into promoting. So I'm hopeful. I, I would like um, American TV to not wait so long to put it on the air, please. Yeah. I, I've been watching on YouTube. I'm not upset about the YouTube broadcast because it's one click, but if you could you could get that on ESPN or somewhere. Yeah. Please, gentlemen, let's let's get the ladies going. I've been very excited that 12 Pride players from last year are in this new league because that was a concern. When yeah. the league started, it's like, are, are they, they're freezing out all the employees. Are they going to freeze out the players too? But also, Colleen, do you, do you ever see where you were just talking about the money and the support? Do you ever, like, want to shake somebody and say, where were you when we needed it? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, sort of, but you know, they did, they, they the partnerships they, they formed, you know, with, with, with Billie Jean and Billie Jean has the connections and, 
you know, the Walters uh, family certainly has the money. They spent billion dollars on two pitchers. So <laughs> we know that they have the, we know that they have the cash to, to do it. And, but, but they're also business people. So, you know, I mean, they've got their eight years promised. Um, and, you know, so basically they got eight years of runway to, to make it work, you know, and, um, you know, you got to hope that if they, you know, if they are successful in maintaining and growing the audience, like maintaining the audiences where they haven't growing and where, you know, they weren't as crazy, um, that th those salaries will go up too. Right. So that's, uh, you know, throughout those eight years. So, um, I think that that's, you know, that you, you have to hope that that's how it all plays out. Wow, we reached the end of an interview. Nothing. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, <laughs> answer, yes, I see Mark's that. hand is up. Yeah. Is it? Go ahead, Mark. Oh, okay. It's enough. Um, <laughs> I think it's something my, quick. My my question with this league: uh, Where do you see it five years from now? Do you see this league reaching maybe ten teams, twelve? Do they want to expand quickly or take their time? You know, there's there's a ton of talent. They could. They could expand. Yes. Um, but with the money that they're putting into like okay. stadiums and the promotion and the broadcasts, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, they, I don't know. It would be neat. I think I'm sure there's other, uh, well, Philadelphia for, for Dan um, or I know Seattle, there's plenty of markets that say that they're itching to have a team. So, um, but I have no idea, you know, I have no idea. I don't know what they're, um, you know, what their plan is for, you know, the, the, the type of money that they're willing to spend on type on that when they're clearly, um, I mean, he has it, like I said, that's not. Yeah. You want to be smart, you know, you, you don't want to make yeah. the mistake some other leagues have made in the past 50 years, you know, the W the ABA, the NASL, uh, even maybe the WNBA. I mean, there's a lot of talented female players, but you know, you probably can't have a 20 team league right now. No, no, definitely not. The question, and you know, that would be like, do they go? Do they? I'm going to guess they're going to stick with six next year, because okay. um, this is kind of a half year, right? It's kind of a weird yeah. um, season, and they'll learn a lot in the next, like, you know, few months or whatever. And then, uh, my, if I were to guess, I'd say they're going to stick with that one more year, and then, and then see how things how things play out from there. I have one final comment. It's not really a question, but comment. Um, one of the greatest rules in hockey recently. Oh yeah, um, that has come in at, has come out of the PWHL, <laughs> and I immediately need every league with a brain to take this. I know uh, where you're going. <laughs> idea right away, and that's the jailbreak rule, which my heart almost stopped when I heard that announced for sake. Excuse, excuse me, that is the greatest thing I ever heard. Uh, <laughs> only because the Flyers would L actually little help win, like, here. Thirty more games. What's the, the jailbreak, jailbreak rule is when you are on the penalty kill, if you score a shorthanded goal, your penalty is over. Yeah. Literally jailbreak. Yeah, uh, it's pretty gonna, cool. We just it's insulted cool. the Canadian. Right. No, it's the greatest <laughs> thing ever. That's the I greatest thing I ever. I, I need that. I need that. That's amazing. Uh, th thank you. <laughs> Next thing you know, they'll be putting in two point lines and stuff, Dan. Jeez. Oh, boy. Uh, go back okay. to the 
the Gordie Howe power play where it was the full two minutes and it didn't matter whether he scored one power play goal or 30. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. That's right. All those goals were in black and white, though. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wow. On that note, Paul. (laughs) Uh, Colleen, what what are you doing to fill your time now that you're not uh, running a professional hockey team? Yeah, so, you know, honestly, I kind of took – it took some adjusting, right? So I had to kind of get my head straight. Um, And then – I'm still uh, waiting for mine. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm really still trying to figure it out. I'm not quite sure what, uh, you know, what's going to happen next. Uh, I've enjoyed, um, you know, I'm coaching my daughter's hockey team, which I couldn't do, um, when I was working. Oh, there goes my battery, um, warning. So we're good. Hang on. We made it 45 (laughs) Um, minutes. I know, uh, coaching my daughter's team, which I wasn't able to do before. Um, so yeah, so we'll figure it out. Can't ask for anything more than that. Yeah. All right. So, so uh, since your battery's running out, Colleen, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up, and we'll thank you. So, thanks so much for for coming. This was such a great conversation. We we're so glad, so glad. I've talked about this with you on and off for yeah. a while, and we yeah. finally made it happen. So, I'm so glad that you were able to make some time and join us. Absolutely, gentlemen. It was nice meeting you all, and uh, you can find me online, LinkedIn, wherever you know you ever want to chat again. All right, thank you. Good. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Here, I'm gonna do it. I'm the producer. I'll make the decision. Um, so you mentioned (laughs) you mentioned it was, I was being, I meant that sarcastically. Um, you mentioned before the show, Dave, the trade, the flyers just made. And, uh, well, there's two things that happened. Uh, I was so uh, gobsmacked that Colleen was actually on the call. Uh, Your reaction when I told you Dan was so funny. Was (laughs) Well, it was because also I read your message and then got distracted as one does when you're me and then read an hour later went, Holy sh. (laughs) <laughs> um, and because she was there, I was like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about what you're saying in general. Um, Cutter, uh, Galtier was a draft pick. He was a top draft pick for the Flyers. He didn't even talk to them. He saw who was coach and told Danny Briere and Keith Jones, I don't want to play for him. Trade me. So they traded him. <laughs> that's why it's a shocking that is why it's shocking he didn't even want to talk to the team so he is gone bye uh we got uh drysdale who's uh young he's a solid player and hopefully that'll make a difference on the on the team this year um for those who are also asking i thought you didn't care um I have no expectations for this year. I am just enjoying hockey. I'm not throwing things. I'm not getting angry. Um, Is that much nicer that way, Dan? Unless you're on the Blackhawks and you're upset about a hit, but you didn't care about. Um, I didn't care. Come on. If we had a buck for every time Dan said he was quitting the Flyers. We could have bought the PWHL. No, no, bullshit. We could could do a gold-plated podcast. No, 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 bullshit. You could go on Twitter, and I'm not editing the BS word out of the show. Don't Detroit bullshit. You can go on Twitter, and you can see what I said (laughs) and what my requirements were, and they did that. They got rid of Tony D'Angelo, the douchebag piece of garbage he was. Did anybody pick him up? Yeah, he went right back to her, uh, Carolina. Okay, that's where he belongs. Yeah, bye. See you. Maybe the hurricane will take you out. Um, they got rid of Chuck Fletcher, 
and the office and the coaches. That's all I asked. Now, unfortunately, my karma for that is I have Tortorella, but we'll see if that doesn't repeat for the fifth time in a row. I've been right about him so far. Just saying. All righty. So I am infallible. I am inevitable. No, just kidding. Inevitable. <laughs> Me fail English. That's impossible. I, I am inevitable. <laughs> Isn't that uh, what the Jeep said in Goldeneye right before you got? I'm invincible. Frozen? You know, oh, yeah. I'm invincible. Oops. Oh, that's a satellite. Well, uh, all right. So before we get too silly, I think it's probably time to <laughs> wrap it all up for tonight. Yeah, silly. No. Um, thanks everyone for joining us tonight. Dan, where can our listeners follow you? Follow me on Twitter at Dan Law. Well, follow me on all social media platforms, Dan Law83. Excuse me. You're excused. What's the old joke? You're excused, no leave. Um Goodbye. That was funny when I was nine. Uh Mark, you got it any stadium journeys planned? Yeah, I know. Uh, Mark, you got any stadium journeys planned? And where can our listeners follow your adventures? Uh, you can follow my adventures on uh, Ballpark Hunter on YouTube, Twitter, and uh, Instagram. Uh, nearing 7,000 subscribers. And I really need a viral video. So, guys, if you can, you know, get a couple million. So, somebody turn on the moon, the camera. Be viral. That'd be appreciated. How, uh, I, you know, that's a good question. Where, I, where am I going? I just got back from uh, seeing Ohio State. University hockey with Dave. I thought you were going to say you just got back from the doctor where they pulled that seat off your butt. Yeah. <laughs> were the seats as teeny tiny as Dave was saying? Oh my gosh, there's. So oh bad. my goodness. I, I mean, there's a there's a video shot of Dave and some drunk guy from Minneapolis. <laughs> I mean, I had to hug both guys. We're so <laughs> squashed. And when you lift up, yeah, the seat sticks to you. It, it was hard. What, you know, when you go to an old college stadium like Notre Dame or Purdue or Green Bay Packers, you know, you kind of expect that on Bleacher Stadium, not not a arena built in 1998. Yeah, those seats were bad. Don't and they these realize were like the average padded is... stadium seats. That it wasn't like they were benches or anything. No, they, they were, you know, they were nice cushioned seats. I hate to see that place packed for a basketball game. I, I don't know where I would stand. I, I wouldn't be able to sit there. I, I it, I, you know, I've been on, you know, Allegiant Airlines, JetBlue Airlines with more more comfort in my seats in that place. Wow, that's saying yeah. something right it, there. It was bad. And if you don't believe me, try it out one day. I that that, that was a shame. That was a shame. That was that was very and they're very noticeable. And then your knees are banging against, you know, the seats in front of you. So you have that aspect. Thankfully it wasn't packed, so we found a yes. corner that was a little oh. less populous oh. and spread out a bit we had a few seats in between so yeah it was having it was having like like that I, but like i said that place is packed full house for another event Ooh, god bless you yeah if like can you imagine if uh if uh ohio state was really really good at the time and michigan coming in wow yeah yeah <laughs> nasty and the students and everything there weren't really any students there no, no, it was yeah, no band, no students. It's, it was that time. It was a nice crowd. It was Teddy Bear Toss. So, uh, and a lot of people when I posted the picture were like, "Wow, that's a good crowd for an Ohio, Ohio State game." So, I think Dave and I went on a nice night. When you know we get a night, Dave will get a nice review for the website. Nice. Uh, 
you know, the, the teddy bear toss. Did you guys see Hershey the other night? Oh, 70, shut up. 75,000 teddy God bears. Damn it. Did you hear our buddy Zach Fish's call, though? Yeah, I was watching. Sweet, sweet, cuddly mayhem. I love that line. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> so what? The man knows how to call a game. He's yeah. better than the Phantoms guy. Sorry. Hershey Bears doing it again. All right. All right. Uh, Dave. You got any uh, stadium journeys planned, and where can our listeners follow you? Uh, you can follow me, Twitter, Instagram, Threads, YouTube, at Profan9. Uh, just getting back from Ohio State and other vacation yeah. spots, so uh, we're 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 back into OUA, OUA basketball and hockey, and it's that time of year again, so coming up. Next week is uh, one of my favorites. It's the Frosty Mug. And I know, Paul, you like the just the title of that game. <laughs> uh, I could go for a Frosty Mug right now, I'm telling but you. But, yeah, me and, uh, me and yeah. a, a couple old guys and then 5,000 university students in Guelph. So it'll be a good time. So, uh, yeah, follow all that at Profan9. All right, let's see. For me, you can follow me on uh, all the social media channels at PuckmanRI. Where am I going to be? Um, it's, uh, well, all the schools are back in session. So that means I am PA in my butt off. Let's see. You can find me at uh, Brown. You can find me at Providence College. You can find me at UMass Dartmouth. I don't think I've got anything planned in the next couple of weeks aside from uh, PA duties. So, but that's all right with me. I love it. Uh, again, Puckman RI. Uh, and remember, you can find all of our 2,500 stadium reviews, news items, and other feature stories on our website, stadiumjourney.com. Connect with us on our social media channels at Stadium Journey. You can find the Stadium Journey podcast by searching HIAC Talk Radio Network wherever you look for your favorite podcasts. And if you would like to watch a video simulcast of the Stadium Journey podcast, just check out our YouTube page. Uh, join us for live streams every other Monday night, 7 Eastern at danlaw.tv. And uh, thanks to everybody who joined us tonight. I think we had a good good crowd in the uh in the audience so that's good we'll be back in two weeks january 22nd right yes and we got another exciting show on tap um is heather shy still in the in the, the chat there dan because she will she be a, the whole thing. Yeah, she will be excited about two weeks we've got former nhl player bobby robbins joining us he'll be joining us to talk about his days as one of the last enforcers about being the oldest rookie to ever debut in the nhl and about his upcoming book, Sex, Drugs, Pox, Sex, Drugs, Pox, and Souls. So uh, I've read say, a couple. If it's pot, it's just drugs. Like I've uh, I've read a couple of excerpts from it. It's, it looks like it's going to be a real fun book. So I've got them on, so we can try to get four uh, copies. I, for us, I yeah. bet it's going to be fun. <laughs> so as always, uh, thanks everyone for your support, and thanks again to Colleen Coyne for joining us tonight. That was a great conversation. It was everything I was hoping it would be. Legend. Um, legend. What's that legend? I, I know her, so I can't call her a legend because, you know. I did. You, you can call her. I was trying to, when I was typing, and I'm like, what did I say? A gold medal winner? Yeah. I mean, yeah, but she's a legend in hockey, especially in women's hockey. And, and such, such a great conversation, and uh, I, I enjoyed having her on. We'll have to have her back. Yeah, So, please. So uh, for Dan, Mark, and Dave, this is Paul wishing you all safe journeys and close games. <laughs>